welcome back to Crime with a Sprinkle of Spooky. Today's case will be covered with Nathan. It is a wild one. We did record it quite late at night, so if you feel like towards the end it sounds like we've lost the plot, it's probably because we fucking have. I also seem to be giggling the entire way through, so maybe it was contagious, I don't know, but let's go. It is the case of Nanny Doss. I'm guessing you haven't heard of this case. No. Because... You're not typically a true crime buff, but you're getting into it, aren't you? Once I'm getting into it, I just, I like the more obscure cases. You do enjoy listening to Morbid and Red Handed, though, also, with me. Yeah, but again, it's the obscure ones. <laughs> <laughs> and I have started watching Dharma, so... Yeah, see, I'm slowly reeling you in. <laughs> but that was because of shits and gigs. Yeah. They I got, love how they convinced you. But me so I know this. You've got to watch it. You were like, nah. <laughs> yeah, but you. I played that episode to you. Yeah. And you could see why I then went and watched it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so Nanny Doss. Her birth name was Nancy Hazel. Now, you lot get on my fucking nerves. <laughs> you lot. You the kids. Honestly. Right, I thought you were on some racism flex there. What do you mean, you lot? <laughs> Fucking hell. No. You, the kids, you lot, our family. Fucking hell. Why would you ever think that? I don't know, but you're about to get boxed up for that one. <laughs> okay. No. Do you know me better than that shit? No. All right. <laughs> you people in my house <laughs> annoy me, but this bitch took it to the next fucking level with her family. So, <laughs> who was she? Let's cover that. She was born on the 4th of November, 1905, so just outside of spooky bitch season, in my opinion. Because it's just after Halloween. It was, it was still definitely her vibe anyway. She was born in Blue Mountain, which is in northeast Alabama, which on the Google Maps looked to be about 20 kilometres southwest of Jacksonville. Does that help you, Tom? Yeah. Did the Googling on the maps? What? Isn't um, Jacksonville in Florida? Maybe there's more than one. Maybe there is more than one. Because uh, it was definitely there. Also noted that they had an Oxford. Hmm. We had it first, but you know. And our youngest would be well happy. They have a rainbow city. I know. So, Nanny, as I will call her throughout, because that was like her little, you know, pet name, whatever, uh, was one of five children born to Louisa and Jim Hazel. But he may or may not have actually been her dad. It was unclear. Some sources said there was evidence of infidelity. Other sources not. Might or might not have been, but yeah. I don't know. But he still raised her as the dad. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so Jim, Daddy O, super nice guy. He was not. Uh, he would. Well, I don't know. A lot of Kate, a lot of the um, sources I looked at said that he was abusive, but I couldn't actually get any detail on what that abuse was. Other than the only things they listed was didn't let him go to school and made them work on the farm and do chores. Okay. Preventing them from having an education, not great, but this was 1905. And making them do work on the farm and do chores, like, that's that's just housework, and that's just helping. <laughs> I don't know. Well, it's, it sounds pretty standard of the time, Yeah. to be fair. I mean, I, I make the kids do housework periodically. Well, I attempt to, though. I do it wrong, well, whatever. And then he didn't let... So there was four girls and one boy in the five. He didn't let the girls wear makeup or dress clothes. Anything fancy, but mm-hmm. again, you were like firm on you yep. didn't even want to wear any like lip balm. <laughs> yep, I don't see what the problem is here. <laughs> so, yeah, you you lost that fight there. So, I couldn't really see anything too weird there. I mean, 
No? Okay. But, you know, a lot of the sources said he was abusive, so, meh. Yeah, Nanny then claimed that she spent the rest of her life looking for, like, glamour and romance as a result of this ban on it from her father, but I don't... I don't really buy it because there would have been loads of girls at that time that weren't allowed to wear makeup and fancy clothes because they wanted them to be like modest and you live on a farm as yeah, well like what, what do you need makeup for you can go and muck out the pigs you might want to do it feeling fancy sometimes i put on makeup to go on the school run just to look nicer yes because uh you got some hot teachers no there's one male teacher at their school huh? you said they have to be male okay still then no, <laughs> <but>. <laughs> Yeah, I, I didn't really buy it. There's loads of girls that that would have been their norm for the time, but they didn't go on to be doing the murdering, so mm. I don't know. I found that a bit odd. Um, her mum, Louisa, uh, was reported to be a very loving and nurturing mother, so I guess that's one thing. Back then it was quite common for the mum to just resort to drink <laughs> and just block out the wanker of her father, but that didn't appear to be the case here. Nanny also claimed that when she was seven, she was on a train, and it slowed like suddenly, not like to a stop, but it just like reduced speed really quick. And she hit her head on this metal chair in front of her. So there we go, head injury. <laughs> yeah, but again, it, she's claimed that. No one else has said that. Well, no, I think it was um, like substantiated by other people that that happened. She did blame that injury for the reason of her, for her like behavior later in life. She said she never felt the same after it. She was plagued with headaches, blackouts, stuff like that in her childhood, but then okay. I get migraines all the time. I've always got a headache. <laughs> I haven't killed anyone. Only because you know you'd get caught. I if know. it was 1905, you might. 1905, I think if you got caught, like, you foolish. Anyway. Case <laughs> <laughs> in point. Oh, so let's get into sort of her life now. So in 1921, Nanny was 16, she started working at the Linen Thread Company in a nearby town of Aniston. This is where she met hubby number one. So yeah, she was 16 when she met Charles Charlie Braggs. Her dad firmly approved of this uh, coupling. I'm not actually convinced that Nanny was like, yep, no, this is the man for me. I want to get married to him, dad, blah, blah. I think it was just, you're going to get married and get get out yep. <laughs> kind of vibe. So <clears throat> she ran with that. Yeah, it was pretty quick as well, but it, can't, it was back then, wasn't it? You did get married pretty sharpish. So within a few months of courting, they got married and they moved in with Charlie's mum. The mother-in-law was quite similar to her own dad in that he was like domineering, controlling, overbearing, and apparently took up like quite a lot of Charlie's time. Like she was, would get a bit jealous of Nanny and it sounded Mums a bit weird. Mums be like that, yeah. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> our boys haven't got there yet, but I can't see that I'd be like, oh, you're not spending any time with me. Like, all right, <laughs> go live your life. Nanny and Charlie had four kids together in the space of six years. Okay. That's a lot, isn't it? So they were bucking, yep. Yeah. Uh, by 1927, they've been married for six years. The mother-in-law's getting on Nanny's tits. They've got four kids under the age of six. Probably wasn't helping the pressure of the, for the young couple. Nanny's only 22 by this point. The marriage has fallen apart, which probably wasn't helped by the fact that two of their four children dropped dead after eating their breakfast one morning. They were reported to cry quite a lot when their dad left for work. And then they just died one morning after breakfast mm, yeah of course they did so that was attributed to food poisoning Not if by food poisoning you mean mums killed them because they won't stop crying yeah maybe we'll see <laughs> charlie the dad um the dad of the children 
was anonymously warned not to eat any food his wife had prepared as well after that so he left with their eldest child a daughter Melvina leaving Melvina seriously that's what they called their child Melvina yeah yeah wow M-E-L-V-I-N-A that's just Melvin with an A slapped at the end right how are you going to call your daughter Melvin Melvina (laughs) Melvina Um, so anyway we're focusing on the wrong things here yeah yeah, a little bit so he took the eldest and pieced out of there he also said, um, like after the fact that he was actually quite scared of Nanny. Like if he was, she was in a bad mood, he wouldn't eat the food that she'd prepared. Like, okay, so he's dipped, taken the eldest, and he's left his mum there, <laughs> who they're not that they don't get on that well, and his newborn daughter, uh, Florine. I don't, I don't know with the names. <laughs> so yeah, I think he figured like because it's a newborn the baby needs boobing so she's not going to be able to like poison her food I mean if, if she wanted to she could have done that I guess but she didn't anyway they were divorced by 1928 so the following year Charlie's then returned with Melvina and some new woman in late 1928 I'm not sure how or why but Nanny took both the daughters back and moved back in with her parents and then she started working at a local cotton mill to support herself and the kids so yeah he's just off with the new thing and she's got the kids back with her parents this is when nanny started her fascination with lonely hearts columns do you remember those like in papers and that vaguely yeah Yeah, i remember they were more private ads by that point weren't they or personal ads was they or something personal ads Yeah. yeah Well, yeah, but they were all in the same place, weren't they? Don't be looking at me like that. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see those kind of adverts. You are a liar. You did not see them in papers. No. Really? Yeah. Did, was there not a local paper around here? Yeah, but not with, like, services. Really? Yeah. Well, that was where I grew up. Right. Damn. We grew up in different places, mate. <laughs> I didn't want to tell you. <laughs> yeah, that was a thing. Anyway, you really didn't have, like, numbers for, like, sex lines or anything. Not that I recall. I'll tell you what, random memory. Mm. If I said 0891 50 50 50. Oh my god, what's it called? It's that TV thing, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Is that Babe Station? No, it was what like was some back in the day, like there was this weird. Ad- so basically, it'd be like after a night out, you put a teddy on. Would you? <laughs> anyway, carry But on. like if you've got like after drinks at your house, you might have like music playing on like MTV or something. Yeah. But yeah, then there'd be, I can't remember what it was for, but it was like some chat line type thing, and that was the, the number for it. But there was like a little jingle that went with it. Yeah. Uh, I can't believe that number's like etched in your it's brain. It's stuck in there. <laughs> oh, wait, no, one fifty. <laughs> yeah, <Wow>. anyway, <laughs> we'll cut that bit out. <laughs> no, we won't. We digress. Through the Lonely Hearts column, she's met hobby number two. His name was Frank... I should have looked this up. Halston? Halston. One of those. His name's Frank. Frank. He swept her off her feet with poetry. The old charmer. I know. He had to put in graph back then. Nanny, however, responded with naughty letters and photos. <laughs> Good girl. <laughs> she also sent him a cake. So they started courting, dating, whatever you want to say. They then fucked off, leaving two-year-old Florrie at home on her own. Where's Melvina at this point? I'm not actually sure. 
but she wasn't there. But they left the two-year-old and fucked off. For how long? Look, just went, just left. So the neighbours had to track down Charlie, the father, mm. and give Laurie to him. And Nanny didn't see Florrie again for like nine years. He was just a, sh- a shit person, I don't know what to tell you. All right, cool. Uh, Frank and Nanny were married by 1929, um, so literally like the next year. Damn. I know, this bitch moves quick. Um, it was rough from the off because he was an alcoholic and he got quite violent with it as well. So that wasn't great. But despite him being a piece of shit, they stayed married for 16 years. But surely you'd uncover the fact that they're an alcoholic during your courting phase. I don't know, not necessarily. Yeah, but if someone's an alcoholic, they're an alcoholic. It's well, yeah, but you have different levels of it, don't you? You have, like, functioning alcoholics. But they From the sounds of that, that's not a functioning alcoholic, is well, it? Well, no, but it can get worse, can't it? Yeah, I guess. Like, you don't have abusive <coughs> spouses that just, like, punch you in the face on date one. You'd be like, mm, probably not, nah. <laughs> so she's 40 by this point. During the second marriage, Nanny is accused of or blamed. There was... Yeah, I'll just get into it. Uh, the death of her newborn granddaughter so Malveen is obviously Mm. quite a lot older by this point because Nanny's um, 40 yeah her newborn granddaughter Um, she was she was born at home this baby granddaughter Malveen is like groggy and stuff from giving birth because fuck knows what they gave you for pain relief back then probably straight up heroin Um, and she remembers kind of vaguely Nanny picking up the baby and saying, oh, like, oh, she's dead. But she was holding, like, a hairpin, like, the long, sharp ones that mm. you would have back then. And there was some damage to the top of her head, so basically Nanny's pushed the hairpin through the baby's soft skull and killed her. Right. I know. Um, she got away with that one, and I don't even know how. But I think Malvina was just like, oh, I must have been off my face on painkillers and stuff and not really with it I don't know I don't want to think that of my mum so she just mm, it's a sticky one yeah tough one and she was obviously still young as well like if she'd been older maybe she'd have had more confidence to assert her, her view on it but when you're like young and it's back in those days you're probably not going to fight that too hard I don't really know a few months after that literally a few months Nanny was then also probably responsible for Melvina's two year old child's death her two-year-old grandson, Robert, was left in her care. I don't know why the fuck. Even if that is still a tiny bit of doubt in your head while you're leaving your grandson with her. But I'm not victim blaming it. I've just... It puzzles me. Robert just suddenly died of asphyxia, which is obviously mm-hmm. not being able to breathe. Was that just after eating something or after she'd strangled him? We don't know. I don't think it was food this time. Because otherwise it... I don't know. It could be attributed to asphyxia, but... Yeah, that's all it says. But a few months after that, Nanny collected $500 life insurance that she'd taken out on him. Bit of a red flag. I don't Why would you take out life insurance on your grandchild? Yeah, like that. That's kind of my point. I don't understand why people. I don't know if you can still do it, but there's a lot of cases, even like, you know, back in the 80s, where people were taking out insurance policies on their children and then would kill them and collect. And I'm like. Why can you insure a child? They're not responsible for the income of the household. Like, me and you have life insurance, so that if either one of us goes, the other one has money to continue giving the children the life they deserve once the other parent isn't there to provide that. 
if they go, why do you need money? I don't. Mm, yeah. I don't really get it, and I, I don't think it's something you can do in the UK. But every case I've heard, it's been American, so I don't know. It's weird. Also, how can you? I understand with children, it would be different, but there's cases where, say, I could take out a life insurance policy on you, and you don't know about it. That shouldn't be allowed either. That's a bit of a red flag, isn't it? Can you take one out on anyone? I don't know. I've no idea. Take one out on one of the neighbours. Just because. Yeah, why not? Like, if they go, I get some money. Like, you know. <laughs> they're a particularly reckless driver. <laughs> get, some, uh, get some money. It's basically gambling, isn't it? On yeah. who, who you think is going to go. <laughs> yeah, so I think as soon as a child dies, in the care of the person that took out the policy and is the beneficiary, you should probably look into it. Yeah, because even Take with a that. Deep dive there. Let's say, for example, you, you had taken out life insurance but a beneficiary was like your child mm. that was the parent of mm. that I would kind of understand yeah because if it's a small amount it's to like help cover funeral costs or something fine but I mean what was what was $500 back in 1945 okay so today's money it'd be 8200 so it's not a lot of money but why do you need 8 grand if your grandchild just died yeah don't really know okay yeah, that's where we're at with that. We're still on husband number two at this point. Uh, her marriage to Nasty Frank ended when he got home from World War II in 1945. He'd been out on the piss, come home, and trigger warning, he raped her. So, the next day, Nanny put rat poison in a jar of Frank's moonshine and off the motherfucker. This is the only murder where I'm like, I can't get it. So will she get like a manslaughter charge for that? Or? Oh no, no, no. That was attributed to food poisoning. She got away with that one. Okay. But she did pick up the life insurance on that one also, that husband. Um, bought a plot of land and a house near Jacksonville. Now we move on to hubby number three. <laughs> Nanny met Arlie Lanning from Lexington, North Carolina via her favourite method of the Lonely Hearts columns. <laughs> Can you imagine if she'd had access to like fucking Tinder or Bumble or something? She, her fucking mind would have just... <laughs> been blown yeah Ali was another heavy drinker unfortunately and he also liked the ladies I couldn't see when they were married but she moved on pretty sharpish with the other ones and Ali was dead by 1950 so can't have been that long a marriage or until they had gotten married in the first place she did a rat poison trick again but this time the death of her husband was attributed to a heart attack because of booze so she got away with that one again because everyone in the local area because she'd like moved again Everyone thought that she was like the perfect wife and the state didn't conduct an autopsy or view the death as suspicious. So she got away with that one. Collected again. After hubby number three was dead, she was in the clear. Nanny moved in with one of her sisters, Dovey. It's literally like almost immediately while she's moved in, like within the first like couple days. Dovey's dead as well. <laughs> but she got the house out of that, so you know. Doing alright. This is mad because people got... Um, convicted of like poisoning people way before this how is she still fucking running around getting away with it I think it's because like, she's moving and states didn't share mm. information and things like that but it's fucking wild uh, we move on to hubby number four Richard Morton from Kansas uh, Nanny met Richard when she joined Diamond Circle Club which was like a dating agency we're getting a bit more sophisticated on our method here uh, they married in 1952 Richard also liked the ladies 
and Nanny wasn't very pleased about the fact that he'd spend extended periods away from the home, just fuck knows where, fucking whoever. And then Nanny had the added stress of the fact that her mum, uh, Louisa, had come to live with them following a fall, so her dad, Jim, had passed away in the January of 1953, so her mum was left on her own, and then she fell and broke her hips and needed care, so she's moved in with Nanny and Richard. Within a few days of Louisa moving in with Nanny and Richard, she started experiencing stomach pains and died soon after that, so her mum's gone. I don't know if she got any life insurance out of her mum, but probably, no, no. Three months after that, Nanny had had enough of Richard's bullshit as well, so spiked his firmness of coffee with rat poison collected again. I do have a question here, though. When you get married, right, you have to state your prior marriages and the reason for dissolution and show the paperwork. So why is, like, man number, like... Three, four, five, like death certificate, death certificate, like going, hmm, seems suspicious. But what happens if you you just don't produce those documents? Well, I don't know. I guess today it's like different. Yeah, today it's different. But there, back then, for everything. But back then, do you just go, oh no, I've never been married, or but yeah. he, she's got kids, so they probably assume she's been married at least once. You can assume what you like. You can't prove it. I know. But I would just think, if she is genuinely Plus, going she ain't got there, her kids with her, so... Well, they still know about them, they still interact. But yeah, I just think... Maybe. And um, what does she look like? Was she, like, attractive? Um, I only actually seen photos of her when she was much older, so let's see if I can find one real quick. I mean, this is her when she's older. I'm struggling to find ones when she's younger. No. just You could have just said no. She's not attractive. No. Yeah. I thought maybe if, like, you know, she was super attractive, she could... Got a pass like just worked her way around it with her looks but yeah. it's not it's not that we move on nanny is off to find true love again but um she i think she needs to look at her method of picking men because she's picked some shitty men so far to be fair yeah this is just after world war Two. all right so there's going to be a lot of people that are ptsd'd up i know so both my granddads were around in wartime Neither of them, well, one of my granddads literally never drank in his life. Neither of them hit my grandma either side. One granddad may be a little bit more questionable when he was younger. But one of them, straight up and down man, no nonsense. I'm not saying every, but I'm just <laughs> saying there might have been like a, a number of. Oh, people. yeah, there will have been a lot of like issues. I mean, everyone's a dickhead. She needs no, no, to... no. Anyway, we digress. <laughs> Husband number five. I really wanted to say Mambo number five, but I'm Samuel Doss from Tulsa, Oklahoma, and they were married in June 1953. This all happened in a very short space of time. Samuel was neither abusive nor alcoholic, so you know, but he did forbid her from magazines or television that were not enlightening or educational. Fair play. So he was just like, no soaps for you, hon, no filling your head with trash rags, like none of that shit. He was a Christian man with Christian values, but Nanny left him for a short while because she was pissed off that he wouldn't put her name on the bank account. He did eventually cave, so... And then she killed him. Not before taking out two life insurance policies. Okay. Not one, but two, with her as the beneficiary, obviously. She was trying to spice up her method of murder as well, so she tried to kill Mr No Time for Trash TV by baking him an arsenic-laced prune cake. It didn't work. Uh, he spent like a month in hospital trying like recovering from it, but when he came home, she used her usual arsenic-in-the-coffee method. Like, Don't mean rat poison. That was her usual... Well, arsenic-rat poison. Rat poison's got arsenic in it. Does it? 
Mm. Well, it did then. I don't know if it does now, but still. Okay. So this is husband number five. Is dead. A doctor at the hospital did actually smell a rat though, or rat poison, all to the point. <sighs> Lame. Hey, I liked it at the time when I wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> no, he was just straight up like that. This is suspicious as fuck. Like, I don't know if he'd seen her interact with any other husband or whatever, but he was like, mm, this is weird. So he convinced Nanny to allow him to do an autopsy by telling her that it would save lives in the future if he could determine the illness that had caused the death of her husband. So he played right into the hands of the narcissist and was like, oh, you know, if you do this for us, it would be amazing. So she's lapped it right up. And then, yeah. The doctor found enough arsenic in Doss's body to kill a fucking horse. <laughs> Straight up and called the police like, this bitch. So yeah, Nanny was arrested and charged with murder. Under interrogation, in return for being able to keep romance magazines, <laughs> like honestly this bitch is so easily brought, Nanny confessed to killing all of her husbands, bar the first one, obviously he left. Then they exhumed several bodies of the husbands, I don't know if it's all of them, but several at least, and confirmed that they had died of rat poison or arsenic poisoning. Imagine being that first husband, you know. That fucking hell. <laughs> she just ain't got brave enough by that point. Jeez. I know. That's proper dodge to bullet bullshit there. Mm-hmm. It's wild, isn't it? Mad. But also, like, at the time, is he not like, hey, this is weird. Why do all your husbands keep dying? <laughs> why has no one questioned the fact that all these children died in their care as well? Well, we get to that. Right. After she's charged, the media getting hold of the story... Nanny was dubbed with quite a few nicknames, as serial killers often are. These included Lady Bluebeard, The Lonely Hearts Killer, and The Self-Made Widow. Very fucking original. She was also called The Jolly Black Widow. And the ones that ultimately stuck were Giggling Granny or Giggling Nanny. This is because she joked and laughed the whole way, like, through her interrogations and interviews. And then time in prison found the whole thing quite funny. Okay. So, yeah. She's always denied killing any of her blood family, though. So there's the two children of hers, the two grandchildren, her mother and her sister. Bit too much to be coincidental, really, though, innit? That's a lot of people That's to be dead around you. That's a lot of people, you. yeah. She obviously killed them, especially when she's collecting life insurance on these people. Yeah. There was also talk of a nephew, another sister, and a mother-in-law meeting their end as a result of meeting or being around Nanny. Ooh quite a fucking lot of people how many I can't even 18 18 people where do you get 18 from four husbands yeah two kids yeah two grandchildren yeah two sisters yeah mother mother-in-law nephew nephew 13 I don't know <laughs> I just added some in there maybe I count husbands twice I don't know <laughs> Maths isn't my strong point today. Says little miss uh, credit manager. Well, I'm not anymore. <laughs> it's probably because I couldn't count. <laughs> the state of Oklahoma found her guilty of murder. The state justice department of North Carolina, Kansas and Alabama also charged her of murder, but these never went to trial. At 48 years old, Nanny was sentenced to the electric chair and gained the title of the first woman in Oklahoma history to be executed or to be sentenced to be executed at least she did not in fact end up being executed she was two years into her prison time and a judge declared her insane commuting her sentence to life in prison the judge later explained that he didn't want to set 
like poor precedent by executing a person with mental disabilities because they did kind of look into the head injury quite a lot and do a lot of assessments with her and it was deemed that she was probably insane but then again I don't get that because by reason of insanity needs to be that you didn't know it was wrong or you didn't know it was wrong at the time you committed it and it's like you did know it was wrong because you didn't tell anyone you did it you actively hid it you gained from it so I don't and you did it multiple times yeah that's not insane in my opinion and if she's insane she shouldn't be in prison she should be in a facility Uh, Nanny was quite thrilled at the prospect of life in prison for some reason she continued smiling and giggling as she had when confessing to killing her husband in the first place she blamed it all on the head injury that she sustained as a child and like I said earlier claimed that it gave her headaches all of her life not that I've murdered anyone but I've never heard of there being a correlation between murdering someone and headache relief no probably not relief I don't know it depends how annoying they are I get some bad headaches. I have killed no previous husbands. Well, maybe that's why. Yeah, good point. Nanny died of leukaemia on June 2nd, 1965, age 60, on the 10th anniversary of her incarceration. Hmm, interesting. So that is the case with Nanny Doss, the giggling granny. That's an interesting one. Yeah, no one quite... Like, even people like, say, her eldest daughter, must have been like, that's really weird, Mum, because this is like the fourth husband that's died now, just randomly. Like, and my kids, and then my siblings. Why is no one flagging this? Mm. <laughs> this is fucking crazy. Josh, like, she must have been balling before that life insurance. Yeah, I think she had quite a few properties in that. Like, is there a limit to how many policies you can collect on? <laughs> there should be. But yeah, I just think by that point all them people that you've collected life insurance on equally with those number of bad relationships and stuff at some point you've got to go you know what I'm just going to do me for a little while it's not like I I need someone around I'm just going to chill got my properties got my nice amount of money I'm just going to do me Mm. at first I think it was like a means for an end and she didn't necessarily enjoy it I don't know but then why kill your granddaughter who's a newborn baby that no one's asking you to look after so I'm going to assume with that one, it was because the baby cried. Maybe, and it felt true. And because uh, she, you said about like the other two kids that cried whenever their dad left, I think the the crying just immediately invokes that same like response. Maybe. But then you can argue, like, why didn't she kill Florrie as a baby then? That she did just abandon her at two, and she went to live with her dad. Mm. The brain injury probably did a bit of damage, yeah, sure, but not everyone who's had a brain injury has gone on to be a serial killer. Female family annihilators aren't actually that common, but with everything else, she's pretty textbook in terms of a female serial killer. She uses poison, and the end result is a financial gain. Yeah, that was my case. Cool. So let's see if we can do this a little bit better than me and Kate. <laughs> I'm, I've been EJ. And I've been Nathan. Yay! You did stumble with that though. (laughs) I did. It was me that fucked up this time. It's it's night time, it's late. Thanks for listening. If you got through all of that, well done you. And thank you. It is really appreciated. We do have an Instagram page if you would like to go and give us a follow. It's at crime with a sprinkle of spooky. And I have signed up for Twitter. There's nothing posted yet. I don't really understand Twitter. 
that's going to be Nathan's domain. So yeah, head on over. But until next time, take care.